Hello, this is Arts and Letters Podcast. My name is Dee Elizabeth Glasgow, and welcome to our podcast. So today, I'm going to talk about how the left looks at understanding Trump supporters. Now, I agree that we should take the time to try to unpack other people's perceptions of what's happening in the country. After all, we hear so much on the media about how politically polarized we are. So I think that's a good thing. But when it comes to too many of us on the left, the standard logic, as I read it, is that we should be more understanding. I've heard many of people on the left say some pretty standard things, uh, some pretty standard assertions that they make. And so I just want to share a couple of my observations about those. So one of the first things I hear is we should be leftist populists. We should take the same values as the racists and then transform those values into leftist values. My interpretation of this is that we lefties should be willing to use Trumpian tactics to bring about our particular leftist vision of societal equality. But engaging Trumpian tactics just because they are successful means that you have to do Trumpian things like deny people freedom of speech and deny freedom of the press. You have to be intolerant toward other points of view. You have to bully and use particular communities' grievances as a weapon to label and scapegoat them. You have to dumb down the dialogue to bring about a dichotomized narrative of us versus them. So what I think is that we should be asking ourselves, if it takes this much to win, is the cost too much to bear? What kind of society are we creating if we win this way? Another thing I hear is, we should understand the cry of suffering of the people. We should not want to understand the humiliation from the point of view of the humiliation itself. We should want to understand humiliation as a starting point for therapy, for self-transformation. Now, this, to me, is a profound distortion of what's actually going on with Trump's supporters. Trump's voters are animated by intolerance, loathing, and fear at this point. Yes, that's right, racism, intolerance, xenophobia, all those bad isms. Unlike so many opinion writers, academics, and reporters, and everyday people, I'm not going to qualify it by saying hating motivates some but not all, that many feel the country has left them behind. Leaving out the jokers, a few self-haters, and some anarchists, people is most of them. If Trump supporters do feel the country is moving past them, it's because they don't want to see white 
no longer being the center of the American universe. They are suffering because they view the world as being corrupted and ruined by undeserving others. Don't take my word for it. There are numerous studies out there, quantitative studies, if you, if you will, that have borne this out. I don't see how giving cover to problematic behavior can lead to anything other than being naive and duped into giving someone a knife to cut your throat. We have a problem with this country is that we don't want to see the truth, the truth and naming the unmentionable. Too many white Americans and some non-white ones can't bear to confront the history of this country's hatred toward many of its citizens. We instead reject America's inconsistent values. We need some truth-telling. You cannot transform people by validating and legitimizing their hatred. Racism and other forms of intolerance built this country and courses through its veins. People try to dress it up because it's ugly and it's mean and it doesn't comport with the standard narrative, but it's there nonetheless. And until we look the truth squarely in its hard ancestral face, we won't get anywhere near solving what just happened with the Trump phenomenon and why Trump remains so intransigent in our presence. Bearing that ugly history is the only way to understand and transform it. The humiliated people, I hear also, are not humiliated people. They are the possibility of dignity, the possibility of autonomy. They are the possibility of communism. The possibility of dignity, I argue, comes from mutual respect of and genuine appreciation for others' differences and contributions to America's preeminence. For every Thomas Jefferson and Susan B. Anthony, there was Frederick Douglass and Ida B. Wells. We have only lauded the former and given tepid support for including in this country's greatness the contributions of the latter. There are no shortcuts, and not everyone is going to get it. Frankly, some people just have to be overcome. Others have to just die off. And then we start anew. But we don't start anew by validating people's hatreds and intolerance. So, this lefty thing of ours. For far too many of us on the left, I would argue, the lure of burning down the house to be born again is just so powerful. But it only ends up hurting the very people we on the left claim to want to help. It won't be the philosophers, the polemicists, the academics, and other elites who feel the sharpest cuts, and it won't be many of the Trump voters either. The ones who will feel the brunt of destruction are the same ones who always toil at the bottom, particular people of color, immigrants, the poor, disabled, gay, etc. And for my most progressive friends, what about the people who don't want communism as the end product? What do you do with them in the revolutionary project? I would just like to know one country who has been successful over the long term using communism as its model. 
Why does it always have to be about the system being unrecoverable? Why not fix it? Why does everything have to be so dramatic and destructive? Get this, there are many marginalized people who don't want to run the system through. In a free and democratic society, they just want their fair share. That's all they've ever wanted. And they believe that this can be accomplished through hard work and perseverance because that's the way meaningful change has always happened. So I'd just like to say that we should be calling spades spades. The trouble with understanding Trump supporters is that we do understand them. We haven't had this much trouble understanding any other group than these groups of Trump voters. We've had plenty of time, and it's not a pretty picture. As the Republicans will eventually discover about their spawn, the Trump price of electoral success, subjugation of one's values, morality, and even the basic threads of human decency and empathy is just too high. As it goes for the inevitable Trump copycats, no matter if proud lefties lose for a hundred years, which we won't, the price our America is paying for bringing Trump to power will always be too high. Appeasement to moral degradation only wounds further those who possess the least among us. The words that I live by are the words that Representative John Lewis, civil rights hero, put up on his Twitter a couple of days ago. And he's someone who actually firsthand knows something about desperate despair and triumph. He said, do not get lost in a sea of despair. Be hopeful. Be optimistic. Our struggle is not the struggle of a day, a week, a month, or a year. It is the struggle of a lifetime. Never, ever be afraid to make some noise and get in trouble. Get in good trouble. Necessary trouble. So, for me, I think, that we should stand steady. We should persevere. There are better ways to do this. Thank you for listening to Arts and Letters Podcast. My name is D. Elizabeth Glasgow. See you next time.